What's our anniversary? Great! <laughs> <laughs> don't stop! Don't, <laughs> you throw me off. <laughs> June six. June ten, two thousand six. June ten, two thousand six. <laughs> you didn't even know it. <laughs> Super excited about my guest today. I'm sitting down with my husband, Clint Harrison, campus pastor at Grace Church, and he's going to tell us the five things you need to know when you don't know what to do next. It gets pretty personal. We each also talk about why we almost broke up with one another. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Jean Harrison, and this is Grace After Hours. So actually, our question today is something you get asked a lot. We're talking about what on earth do I do next? Like, mm. I don't know if you've ever sat with someone and they're like, should I sell my house? Should I, you know. Date so-and-so. Yeah. Right. Get this job, whatever. And there's some of us, I think, can even feel almost paralyzed by indecision. Like, we're that person who's always like, I don't know what to do next. Mm. This job feels good, but what if there's something better out there? I'm a little mm. discontent, you know, mm. all the time. I think it's very normal. Before you dive into what you would say to someone like that. I'm going to put you on the spot okay. for a minute. Okay. okay. Tell me about a time when you felt like, what the heck is my next step? Like okay. when you yourself were in that place. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to remember this. Okay. We went to Macon, Georgia, yeah. visited a church, and I sat in the service, and I was like, I turned to you. Do you remember I this? I do. I was wondering if you were going to go here. Yeah. So I turned to you and I was like, this is amazing. This yeah. is what I want to do. It's so like cool and like high theology. And I was like, this yeah. is going to be, this would be so awesome. Do you remember what you yeah. said to me? No. What you don't remember? It? No. <laughs> I don't remember. So I'm sitting in service and you go, well, why don't you go talk to the pastor? And oh, I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? I was yeah. like, I'm not going to go. I was like, we're here for one more day. Why would I talk to him? That would be totally random. <laughs> and you're like, okay, it's but on you, you did. then. You did, didn't you? I did yeah. it. And I uh, met with him. Long story short, uh, he asked me to come and be a church planning resident. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was um, it was a great move. So we moved literally from Indiana to Georgia with no job. And it wasn't paid. He told me to get a full-time job, learn how to parachute in. And start doing church planning. Yeah. Uh, we were a year and a half in, and he goes, hey, I just want you to know you're not the guy. And I was mm -hmm. so angry mm -hmm. and so flustered and did not know what to do. I was like, I literally don't know what to do. I mm -hmm. moved my entire family down here. Yeah. And, I mean, you remember. Yeah, and the worst is I feel like we sensed it coming. We've never really talked about this, like, publicly, you and me, but it was definitely the darkest season, I think, in our whole marriage. Um, I remember I was pregnant with our second. We were dirt poor. You were working at the car wash. Mm -hmm. um, and it just felt like, literally, like, we had done this brave, heroic thing, and it all fell apart. We could mm -hmm. sense that they did not mm -hmm. like you. I mean, they... They were just super critical and they is wasn't working. And I think we were so in it that we felt like we've given so much, we'll give anything. Like yeah. we have to make it work. Even yeah. if it comes at the expense of our own sanity, our own peace, our own relationship. Like mm -hmm. we were so all it really wasn't idle, I would say. Oh, hundred percent. And then when it all fell apart, it just felt like well, what do we do now? What what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Literally, I was working at a car wash. <laughs> I started applying for other jobs, remember? Yeah. And didn't get anything. For years. Yes. And I was like, God, what are you doing? 
God, God had a story for us, though, because I remember the day where it all turned around. Hmm. And it was the moment where, for a season, I finally said, God, I'll give you my future. If I don't ever go back into ministry and the church again, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to continue to disciple and do great hmm. things you know, for your kingdom. And it was in that season when I finally laid it down, God said, here we go. Here's your next step. And that's when you started. We went to a new church. We did. And I said, I'm just going to come and I'm just going to be a part of things. I'm not going to jump into anything. And do you remember what happened? Yeah. Literally, like week two, I was like, well, I'm going to be serving in students and I'm going to go on a mission trip and I hope you're excited. Oh, guess what? I'm going to be preaching in a month. Like, yeah. We had friends and we we had made a pact like we're not going to sign up for anything. We're just going to visit this church. And like one class in Glue was like, hey, I'm going to Haiti with them. I'm, t- I'm teaching. And I do think that's when I saw this little spark come. I realized like God is faithful. He's not going to you know, mm-hmm. not let that come back to life mm-hmm. inside of you. And that was not a paid job. It was just, we were no. back invested in a church yeah. and really like thriving, you know? Yeah. It was really cool because I got to learn what it was like not to be on staff at a church. Yeah. And what does it look like to be faithful as a family, as a husband, mm-hmm. as a follower of Christ, as a disciple maker? It, was, I, it was a good season. God didn't waste any of That's it. That's right. So what would you say to someone now if they're like, okay, what, what, what's my next step? I could do all these different things. I don't know. How, what do you tell people when they ask you that? So the crazy thing is it's a very nuanced question sure. because people come to me all the time and their situations are so different. Yeah. So if I was going to give like a broad scale and just a bigger picture, there's five things I would say. Okay. And so the first one is, and the first one actually sets up all the other ones mm. as, as a Christian, You've got to saturate yourself in prayer and in the Word. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is uh, the times that we should most be reading the Word and praying are times like, what's my next step? I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's next. I don't know what to do. But what we end up doing is we saturate ourselves in our own wisdom, our own knowledge, and our own power. We just grind and try to figure it out and try to do everything on our own. Right. Yeah. And so so the number one thing is, is you've got to saturate yourself Mm -hmm. in reading the word daily. Mm -hmm. So like if someone's trying to take a next step, they've got to be in the word daily. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different resources out there, Mm -hmm. uh, but also in prayer. Mm -hmm. So if you think of it this way, vertical and horizontal. So if Mm -hmm. my vertical relationship is strong with God and I'm in the word, I'm in prayer, then everything horizontally is going to flow out of that. So that's in my decision-making, that's in my relationships, that's in the peace that I have before God, and it allows me to take a next step. Yeah. I've heard you say this a lot in counseling people. You'll be like, your issue here is not primarily horizontal. First and foremost, you're having a, a even if they come in with like major marriage issues, you're like, first let's look vertical because it flows out of that. We're oftentimes saying, hey, what's wrong with them? And we've got to first say, hey, are me and God aligned? Which is just to pull the plank, the speck out of my eye before I take the plank out of theirs. What's number two? So number two is know yourself. And the first one informs the second, right? right? If you're in the word, if you're listening to his voice, and you're praying and seeking his will, his will, then the next thing is you need to know who you are. And so mm-hmm. I had a guy come in recently, he was in his twenties, 
And he was like, Hey, I, I literally, literally asked this question. What's my next step? I don't know what to do. And I, so we kind of started talking about it and I said, how well do you know yourself? Like, do you understand how you work, tick, act, think, what are your desires? And so I suggested to him, have you ever taken any personality tests? And he was like, no. And so that's part of his next step is he's going to take stuff like the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, the um, Strengths Finders. You know, there's there's so many out there and they actually inform one another. They help each other uh, to figure out, man, what's your how are you wired? How do you think? Um, and they're super helpful. Like I'm a seven Enneagram mm-hmm. seven wing eight. Mm-hmm. So I know two things. I know that I love to have fun and I like adventure. Right. Yes. And I also know that I like to lead, mm-hmm. but if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to choose adventure before leading. Because and the seven is your primary. It's stronger. Yeah. Yep. And so that matters for what I do, for how I think, how I live, all, all the Which things. you could almost say then that that informs your core beliefs then, because you're someone who values fun and adventure. That's a that's yep. a core to who you are. It's funny you say know yourself because I was just talking um, to my counselor a mm-hmm. little while ago. And I was asking her, why do you think I care so much what other people think of me? Mm-hmm. Because I know people who don't. I I would say you care about that less than I do. That's not a big thing for you. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Is that just personality? Am I, you know? (laughs) And she said, Do you feel like you know who you are? Mm. And I was like, Well, what do you mean? And she said, If um, it's, she said, It's normal. I thought it was a great analogy. It's normal to look in the face of someone you love, like me, to look into your face like a mirror and out of the reflection of how you see me to, to draw conclusions about who I actually am. Mm. And she said, there's a few people in your life like that, like maybe a parent or a best friend or a mentor. You kind of derive some of who I am through the mirror of how they view you. Mm -hmm. But she said, if every person is a mirror and you're looking for your identity and how every single person views you, well, now it's like you're in a hall of mirrors Mm. at a carnival or something. And it's like, isn't that a good analogy? Like, Oh my goodness, who am I? There's no sense of reality. So I remember she and I dug some into like a week or two later. I was like, okay, so I feel kind of dumb. I'm 38, but I have to ask you like, how do I find out who I am? Like, what does that mean? And I think there's no shame in saying it's a journey. You can be older and still like, gosh, I don't really know who I am. And one thing she's talked to me Mm. a lot about is identifying core values, which are different for you than they are for me. Right? You know, there are certain core values that are biblical, Mm -hmm. but if there's not, there's a lot that are not, that are just preferential. They're not good or bad, you know? So I like that you said, know yourself. Yeah, no, and I think it, it never stops mm. because like you said, there's no shame, but there's also just reality that the longer we do things, the more we realize who we are, who we're becoming, the things that we need to like most of the guys that I talk to mm-hmm. who are in their thirties and forties, they're in this stage of life where things are starting to hit and decisions are having to be made. And they're realizing my childhood affects all of this. Yes. And if they don't understand that, they're going to make decisions based off hurt, pain, yes. shame, guilt, all the things, and it's going to change the course of their mm. their life. So, yes, knowing you, yourself is super important. You could almost say knowing yourself is like your personality, your core values, your yeah. passions and um maybe calling and like yeah. you said your story, brokenness, yeah. shame. I think it's funny because I feel like this is the number one reason you almost broke up with me was because of knowing who you are. Do you know what I'm saying though? Like, 
<laughs> I don't want to remember it, but no, yes. Do you remember our biggest fight we ever had? Yes. Not even fight. It was worse than that because it was like. You talking about in college? Yes. Yes. Because it was like, not like we were mad. This will blow over. It was like, we were really sad. Like, oh my gosh. I don't think we're meant to be together. Do mm-hmm. you remember we went to that conference? Mm-hmm. It was about like pre-engagement, like how do you know? And you came out. Well, we took a test. Yes. Do we you took remember? A test. Right. So we took a personality test and mine was so different from yours. Yeah. They actually suggested that we not get married. Did they suggest that or they did, did we draw that conclusion? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, oh man, did they really suggest that? I feel like. How, it's okay though to be when you say knowing who you so are. So yeah. one of the best things I ever heard. This was a year or two after yeah. we got married. This guy came in and he goes, "Here's the deal. Uh, when it comes to marriage, he said there are people who are the same, and yeah. he said they think the same, they act the same, they're wired the same, and so they don't fight a lot. Mm. Like there's not much friction in the sure, marriage. Yeah. And he said there's also not much growth." And he said, because there's there's no differences. So same you just kind of do the same things, same blind spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he said, and that's not wrong. No. You just need to look for ways to grow, to change outside of your marriage. And or he maybe said, as a couple together, or, uh, yeah, yeah, pursue yeah. them. Yeah. And so, and then uh, he said, but if you're way different, mm-hmm. then man, uh, you can fight like cats and dogs. Yeah. Like you can <laughs> just fight, know. which is, which we do know. And so we yeah. differ on things. We think yeah. differently. We operate differently. And he said, but here's the beautiful thing. He said, like somebody who's the same, they, um, they, they do this. Like they're, they're together all the time and mm. they're, they're the same often. But he said, what happens is people who are really different, they do this a lot. And he said, if you can work through those and actually change yourself, and realize that they're different and they're challenging you in places that mm-hmm. you need to grow. He said, you'll start doing this. And he said, you'll be closer than ever. Mm-hmm. And so um, good. It, it was helpful for us. Okay. Yeah. So, so far you said we've learned no, saturate. saturate yourself in the word and prayer. Know, know who yourself. you are. Yep. Know yourself. What's the third? Know your options. Okay. So it's real easy to think um, I've got an A and a B choice. And I, I talk to employees about this all the time, like staff at our church. And I've mm-hmm. talked to employees in the past and just people in general. Uh, oftentimes what we see is, is an A choice and a B choice. And so I can either choose, you know, Skittles or Snickers. Or quit my job or stay. Correct. And Marry so, and move on. Yep. Yep. And, and so we get fixated on our option. Mm-hmm. And there's only two of them. But mm. there's oftentimes a C, a D, and an E, and it's sometimes an F, right? Mm. Like there's so many options in life. I'll give you an example. There's a guy, he's, uh, he's, he's my age, uh, he's a doctor, and he, his profession was an ER doc. Okay. And he was in this world of, man, I've got to find my next place. And so he was constantly looking for the best hospital sure. with the best pay and the best all the things. And so he would look at it and he'd go, okay, I've got this option and this option. One's really far away, one's a little closer, but the pay's not as good. And then he said one day he started thinking outside the box. And he goes, what could a C choice be? Hmm. And so he started looking into the world of telehealth. And this is pre-COVID. And Hmm. so he goes, man, I don't just have an A and a B choice. I've got a license. I understand how people operate. I'm an ER doctor. And so he went into the telehealth world and it blew up. And now, crazy enough, 
COVID's passed. They sold the company. They've done all kinds of things. He's just, he's shifted. Now he has a license in 50 states, and now he's going to another option, and he's considering telehealth and a whole new platform. Hmm. The point is, is we oftentimes narrow ourselves, and we get into an A and a B when we need to be looking for yeah. C, D, and E. Potentially in all kinds of areas, like so. maybe even instead of just quit my job or move or um, stick it out, the mm-hmm. C might be I have the hard conversation that's at the root of why I'm dissatisfied, why I'm unhappy. Yes. yes, which probably goes a little bit back to knowing myself. Like, yep. what are my strengths? What are you know that book you talk about a lot? Um, Patrick Lencioni's book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it called? Which one? He has so many. The <laughs> one about like the the six leadership styles. Okay. But you you talk, it's like... Working genius? Yes, yes. But those kind of things, you're like, oh, this is why I'm frustrated at my work. Mm -hmm. My role maybe needs to be tweaked. And maybe that's a hard conversation you have with someone instead of just I'm out or... You know what I mean? Like, I I hear what you're saying. Okay, were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, it's working within your parameters. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, it forces us to figure out how to grow and how to change within Mm -hmm. the parameters. So, okay, yeah. Number four. So saturating in the word, prayer, know yourself, know your options, and then talk about it. Like you have to have community. Mm -hmm. And so when you're taking your next step in whatever it is, in a relationship, in a job, in a decision that you have to make, uh, you've got to talk about it with other people. You've got to bring other people mm. into whatever you're thinking about working through. So, you know, this is so I said the reason you almost dumped me is because you thought we weren't compatible. Personality. Right. Do you want to know the reason I almost didn't want to be with you? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever, I think you'll know this. So when we were in Bible college, there were all these girls who would talk about, like, I just think I'm called to be a pastor's wife, right? Right. And I remember sitting with my mom one day and saying, mom, I, I've never felt that. Like, I've never, like, to me, it felt sort of weird. Like, how could your calling in life be contingent on someone Mm. else? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm called to be an accessory to, what if there's no pastor? What if I'm never married? I mean, that's just how I thought. And so I always thought I would be a missionary. I thought I'd be a Mm. missionary teacher because that's like my, a passion for teaching. I grew up overseas and I did teach for years before we had kids. But I remember telling my mom, like, do you think it's a calling? I, I've never ever thought I would be a pastor's wife. Mm. And she said to me, life is super long. If you love this man, if you think God wants you to be with him and you're called to him, she's like, he could do a million different things in his life. It's true. He, and look, I was a car wash manager's wife. I mean, she, <laughs> she was like, don't, don't get so caught up on vocation, you mm. know, but that was number four. I talked to someone else about it, someone older and wiser who was able to kind yeah, of guide good. me. Thank that's God good. for my Thank mom. Thank God, no kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I, I think it's not just like career and marriage. People who are dealing with depression, who are yeah. struggling, who are making poor decisions, uh, there's something that I tell people all the time, and it's that you need to have a few relationships in your life hmm. that you can talk through things. Yeah. One is a pastor or a counselor. And so, I mean, for Let's just take you for a second. How helpful has having a counselor? No, how helpful is having a counselor in your life, right? Yeah. Like to to help it you figure helpful. things out, to talk through things, to work through things, mm-hmm. and so somebody who man is spiritually like yes. deep and understands people. And can help you take your yeah. next step. It's funny because people sometimes ask me, they're like, is this so great being married to Clint because he can just like counsel you all the time and say all that? And I'm like, it just doesn't always work that way. I think people, <laughs> I think people think that like 
being a pastor's wife, like you are the same with me as you are when you talk to them, like this sage of wisdom. And I remember asking you once, I was like, how come you're so amazing with these other people <laughs> counseling them? And when it's me, you don't do, and you were like, because they're not coming at me. That's like, right. That's like, right. It's way with different. The third degree, they're not attacking me. So it's a whole No, different. the beautiful thing though is like, even though I'm a pastor, you're pastoring me so often, mm. right? Like there's so many times where I'm the one struggling and I'm sharing with yeah. you and you're speaking into my life. Yeah. So having people who who understand you, who get mm-hmm. you and who can pastor you. I remember so. hearing someone once uh, uh, say that, like your pastor's the only one without a pastor. It was a pastor's mm-hmm. wife and she said, that's a role you can fill, speaking truth and the true. gospel to them. Okay, number five. Just do something. Okay. Just do something. Like, and that can be in so mm-hmm. many different avenues. Let's say you are depressed and you're stuck and you feel like you can't, you can't take a next step. Sometimes you just need to take a step. That's, and maybe it's one of the first four. Maybe it's, you need to take a step towards reading your Bible and praying. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to take a step towards knowing yourself. Maybe you need to take a step towards looking at your options at talking about it, but actually reaching out and saying, Hey, help me out. Just do something. And that can be in your career too. Mm. Like Kevin DeYoung came out with that book and he said, so many people get stuck because they're unwilling to just take a step. And so he suggests, Hey, do your research, do all the things, and then just do something like pick something, make a decision. And if you learn from it and realize that's not it, that's okay. Maybe don't be so afraid of failure. I feel like I sit with women sometimes who tell me my husband wants to try this thing. He wants to go out on his own, like his own business venture or like be his own boss or something. And they're so terrified. What if I say yes and it fails? And this is one of the thing ways I think God has redeemed our story or just not even redeemed, but just used it for good is I'll tell him, well, I was there. My mm-hmm. husband had this dream. He wanted to plant a church. And I told him, you know what? Let's just try. Let's just do it. And it did fail. It completely failed. It fell apart. It was miserable for years. And guess what? It's still okay. We're still okay. And God didn't waste it. And it's what gave us substance sometimes to go, this is like, this is how you become a person of character. I feel like I tell people to say, I want to be a person of character without suffering is like saying, I want to swim without getting wet. They Mm -hmm. literally go hand in hand. It's creating resilience. Yes. You have to have suffering. So sometimes in doing something, I think we're paralyzed by fear of like, what if, but it's, you talked about this on Sunday too, recently compounding interest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you do one thing, one discipline, one discipline, just a change, it has compounding interest where suddenly like, honestly, the counseling started because a while back I was having chest pains from anxiety mm. and my very best friend, again, number, whichever number that was yeah, yeah, yeah. talking to someone else. Yeah. Number four. She said to me, um, Jean, I think it's time. It's time you talk to someone. And I knew two things immediately. I knew she's right. And mm-hmm. I do not want to do that. Mm. So I told myself, I made a promise in my mind because I know she's right. I'm going to do one thing. And all it is, is I'm going to send a message inquiring about the cost. Like literally that's the only thing I'll do today, but it was a tiny step and compounding interest. Look where I am now over a year or so in counseling, which I know you're thankful for. I'm not as crazy as always. Um, So anyway. I mean, I, I think about you and I and the gym, like 
we decided we're going to go once, see what it's like. And then we found so much out of that one thing. It went from we just did something to now we have community there. Yes. Now we're, we're sharing our faith there. Yeah. Now we're seeing all kinds of health benefits. We're making decisions differently yeah. because of one step that we it's took. True. And it's amazing when you just do something mm-hmm. like whether it's make an appointment apply what whatever that looks like ask somebody on a date right like yeah just what try could it. happen yeah it's true so i just want to recap our five things we were talking about saturate yourself in the word and prayer yep. know who you are know your options talk to someone else about those options and then finally just do something just do it thank you so much clint i want to close out with a quick rapid fire before you go all right i feel like i gotta get my game face on or something <laughs> okay ready <laughs> if you weren't a pastor what would you want to be uh, uh exec uh <laughs> leading other leaders in a business somewhere oh, yeah very cool yeah uh favorite orlando pizza place you knew i was gonna ask you about pizza i had to Oh, that's so hard. There's so many good ones. Um, Tomasino's is really good. Okay. Winter Springs. Favorite new product. I don't Favorite think people new know product? this about you. are all about the little tiny products. Uh, Fresh Clean Threads now is okay. a fantastic t-shirt company. I love it. It's cheap, but they also look good. I love them. I was wondering if you were Dr. Gonna... Squatch deodorant. Don't talk about my under my eyes. <laughs> don't even like talk about that. Your eye cream. Uh, Disco brand is amazing. It is. It's yes. like men's men's You're so eye cream. Dirty. It's so You're funny so to me because I like men's eye cream because men's eyes are different than okay, that's hilarious. I don't even use eye cream, you do. Okay. What, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is your favorite uh band or first concert? First concert acoustic work, workshop. Most people have never heard them. I, I heard them, they were amazing. Uh Tim McGraw Faith Hill was my b- first big concert. So and it was pretty cool. She showed up in the middle of it. Oh wow. Yeah. Do you remember the first date you took me on? <laughs> mm, a restaurant in Little Five Points? Yes. Is that the right? guys came up with this question, not me. I was like, oh, do you remember the name? <laughs> I remember the name of it. I do not. It was called Yesterday's. Yesterday's, yes! that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, first thing you noticed about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Be careful. You yeah. were super cute. I mean, you, not, oh, super cute. I feel like you, you were quiet though. I was. I feel like you didn't even notice me at all. Oh, I did. It took me a long time to catch your eye. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I think the push-up contest did it. So. Oh yes, I remember. You noticed. You noticed that I almost beat you at something. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks a lot for being here, Clint. I really appreciate it. You are my favorite guest. I. Of all I would time. hope so. <laughs> super fun. Thanks for having me. Grace After Hours is a production of Grace Church in Orlando, Florida. Grace's mission is helping people take their next step toward Christ. Learn more at discovergrace.com. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with someone you know and subscribe so you never miss an episode.